Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Welcome, everybody, to According to an Idiot. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about a topic that is, I think, very relevant to the name of our podcast, because I feel like you need a PhD to like fully interpret everything that I'm going to be talking about. And I don't have that. The only qualifications I have is that I have ADHD. That has some of the letters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I just go in like little frenzies where my eyes get bloodshot and I look up weird myths until 4am for a dopamine rush. And this is nothing new. It's like a meth addiction without any of the consequences. (laughs) It's kind of nice. It is nice. Except then I can't wash my clothes for a month. You know, it tears your life (laughs) apart. It absolutely tears your life apart into shreds. But... But like when it comes to like researching myths, I know a lot, mm-hmm. at least. So yeah. we have that going for me. Granted, as soon as I'm done recording, I push all the information out of my head forever. I'll do that too. But then I'll keep like select little nuggets. Yeah. And then every now and again, there'll be like a conversation. I'm like, actually, do you want to know something about L. Ron Hubbard? He used to like jack himself off and then come on a piece of parchment and then would dance around it and light it on fire. I think about that frequently. That's also <laughs> something, maybe it's because it's traumatic. I, it's something I also never forgot is that he tried to conjure uh, the moon child the antichrist by ejaculating onto parchment the original neck beard yeah (laughs) he was bad terrible person this will be another i think one of those things so i am going to be doing a minisode on the leviathan all right so the leviathan how much do you know about the leviathan jeremy i didn't know that was there was the leviathan i thought there was just leviathans Mm, like multiple. Well, like a leviathan, I assumed, was like a big animal of the deep, like a colossal squid mm. or a really big shark. Okay. Uh, you're not wrong. You're kind of wrong, but you're not totally wrong. Fantastic. Um, My whole life has been that. <laughs> it's like every teacher I've ever had. So like, like kind of like I want to give you the credit because you were very passionate about it, but like also you, that was not. Fantastic. I'll take it. <laughs> So the Leviathan is a serpent creature. It's noted in the Bible, the book of Job, the book of Isaiah, the book of Amos, the book of Jonah, and the book of Enoch. So a whole lot of shit and a whole lot of mythology. So I'm basically just going to dive into all these different little stories and talk about a fun, scary little snake thing. Awesome. Some identify the Leviathan with the demon of envy from the seven deadly sins. Essentially, it's a fearsome primordial creature that ruled over other creatures of the sea. And Yahweh, it's the Hebrew name for God. Yes. It's one of Yahweh's original creations. And it was made along with Behemoth, which is like a bull creature who powered over the land. And Ziz. Ziz. (laughs) Sounds a little like Jizz. Ziz is a dragon who had power over the skies. Truly, his name was Ziz. Yeah, Ziz. (laughs) Z-I-Z. What? That's okay, cool. Because he flew so fast, it went zzz. zzz, zzz. zzz. Wow. The Bible was so understandable. <laughs> Whoever wrote the Bible was very creative. I agree, yeah. Yahweh. No way. Yahweh. <laughs> so these creatures, the behemoth, Ziz, and the Leviathan, were made to demonstrate the power of Yahweh and humble the rest of his creations, basically like, bow before me, look at all this crazy shit I can do. You should probably listen to me. 
And the Leviathan was the most dangerous of them all because it was very destructive and chaotic. Like it's basically the embodiment of chaos and the other two were seen as more peaceful. Originally, there were two Leviathans made to keep each other company, but the female was too powerful. And so Yahweh had to have this grand battle to kill her and save the rest of the world from destruction. The male companion was very vengeful from this death and waits for the end times to battle Yahweh. After death of the female, Yahweh used her skin to create a canopy over a banquet of her flesh. Ugh, gross. What the fuck? It said that her skin was insanely beautiful, and so Yahweh made this very grand feast where everyone just like ate her it's disrespectful you know the more i hear about this god guy i'm not a huge fan he's fucking weird he's always kind of vindictive and horrible yeah he kind of is in general so it's said that when the righteous are taken to paradise in the rapture they will get to eat her flesh those who don't deserve to eat its flesh who weren't faithful or like weren't believers will get different kind of gifts from coverings to people who are somewhat deserving to like amulets who are people who are like least deserving. That's still pretty cool. Yeah, right? Like I'd be cool with a fucking amulet. Fuck yeah. Way better than meat. <laughs> I know. Do you want ostrich jerky or do you want a Rolex? It's like, my well, I think I probably <laughs> want the Rolex. Have you ever been to the beef jerky outlet? There's several. They're always on like interstates. I haven't. No, I think I've seen them. Are you still a vegetarian? No, not really. There's too much good, like, Korean barbecue in Texas. I love rare jerky. So I think I would, this is reason enough to be good. When you say rare, do you mean, like, weird creatures or do you mean, like, undercooked jerky? And, oh, no, 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 no. That's a steak, <laughs> baby. Uh, jerky <laughs> is, okay, ostrich, isn't that rare? Ostrich, um, gator. You ever had gator jerky? I haven't had gator jerky, but I have had crocodile meat before. How would you think of it? Actually, that was a lie. I had someone give me <laughs> crocodile meat, but I didn't get to eat it because this is when I worked as a medical assistant. And one of my patients was a snowbird, went to Florida Okay, yeah. during the winter. A, a coward, you mean? Yeah, coward. Can't suffer like the rest of us? <laughs> so he like came back and brought me this crocodile meat and I was going to eat it. But then the doctor that I worked for was kind of an asshole and he like didn't put it in the fridge. So then it spoiled. So then I couldn't eat it at oh, all God. and so i didn't tell the guy because i felt so bad about it and so i told him it was really great and thank you so much so then he brought me more and you got to try it no the same thing happened and i was so fucking mad i think at that point you should know to put it in the fridge he didn't give it to me like i had to rush between rooms so much that the doctor was like oh hey like i'll take that like i'll take care of it and i was like okay cool i can trust you you didn't fuck it up last time exactly so basically i did nothing wrong yes internalize it <laughs> but yeah so i mean honestly it, here's the thing most jerky just kind of tastes the same yeah because it's jerky but i like to imagine i like to tell myself that i'm tasting different notes you know mm -hmm. some of it's more gamey like deer jerky's gamey gator was a little bit gamey because it's not good you know probably not great not gert <laughs> it's not gert it's <laughs> anyways that was a tangent i just want to mention that because i enjoy rare meat that promise of eating Leviathan would be enough for me to like be good and become a Christian and hmm. go to heaven. Maybe that's part of like what it is. The people who are righteous generally like are people who are hungry, <laughs> feel like a lot of status and like power, um, you know, yes, 100%. A, a bit of greed, 
as well. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, hot take. I'm not sure. If <laughs> I think history literally just proves you right on that one. <laughs> so I think like, what else could you possibly want? But then God's like, hey, if you're like good, I'll give you this weird meat. And they're like, hell yeah. You mean nobody else can eat this, but I can? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll sign up for this. On the topic of jerky and then I'll move on. Elk mm-hmm. jerky is my favorite. Smoked elk. Yeah. Yeah. Elk jerky is very good. That's the shit. That's the shit. Anyways, so the rest of the skin that's not given away and eaten is said to be spread onto the walls of Jerusalem, illuminating the world with its brightness, which is interesting because the Leviathan is said to be a lot of things. Beautiful is one of them. It says that the eyes have a dim light, fluorescent scales, and halos that appear above its flippers. Flippers. Yeah, it's got little flippers so it can swim. See, you can be the most beautiful creature in the world, but you still got flippers. Right. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. The name Leviathan comes from, I don't know how to say it, I-W-H, Iwe, maybe? Iwe? Iwe. Which means to twine or to join. Hmm. And when it has a suffix added on, it translates to twisted and folds. So in Job, it describes the Leviathan as, quote, Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? Unquote. So terrifying that you will die just by looking at him. It also has pretty eyes. And his scales are shiny. It also is said that the Leviathan breathes fire and it's so hot that it makes the water boil, has impenetrable scales, and is indestructible to man. It has a breath so foul that it's poisonous and it eats one whale a day. And the size is incomprehensible to man because it is so large. In Isaiah, it's called the tortuous serpent who will be killed at the end of time and described by Rabbi Dimi. He sends forth from his mouth a heat so great as to make all the waters of the deep boil. And if he would put his head into paradise, no living creature could endure the odor of him. If I was ancient aliens nut job, <laughs> I would say Adam bomb boils the waters, has poisonous breath, mm. stinks to high heaven. You know how people do that? How they go like... Wow, that sounds just like what is happening today in the Bible. Like to be like, oh, they're talking about the Antichrist returning. Well, Donald Trump is mean, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's like that. It's like, oh, maybe the Leviathan was actually just an atomic bomb. <laughs> You're totally right. That reminds me, I really want to write a sketch that's like ancient alien inspired. It's just things that are clearly explainable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's this elaborate out of your way explanation. Yes. So in Judaism, it says that the Leviathan in the book of Job is a reflection of the Cantonite Lotan, which is a sea god defeated by the storm god Baal Hadad. Baal Hadad is a storm god that protects society similar to Zeus. That was a lot of S's. Yeah. All in one. And Lotan is a seven-headed serpent who's known to lurk in depths of the sea and threaten creation itself. Hmm. And it used the body of the creature once defeated to create the world that humans now live in. And later Jewish sources... Jewish. 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 (laughs) The Leviathan is a dragon who lives over the sources of the deep, along with a male land monster, the behemoth, who will be served up to the righteous at the end of time. There's a theme going on here. 
Hmm. Of a lot of other creatures and a lot of eaten. Yeah. Of monster flesh. I love the idea of a male land monster. All right. Sounds and like my old man. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Kill me. Uh, <laughs> the Book of Enoch, the Leviathan is a female monster dwelling in the watery abyss, while Behemoth is a male monster living in the desert of Dunayidin. Apparently it's east of Eden. It's also a city in Florida. Is it? No, it's not. That's that's Dunedin. They changed the spelling of it. It has a population of uh, almost 36,000 people, so they're doing pretty good. Damn. Until that beast shows up. Right? And eats them whole. So it's probably a fictional place then, yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's next to Eden, so... Yeah, that's just around the corner from <laughs> Miami, right? <laughs> Paradise, known as Orlando, Florida. <laughs> known as Kissimmee, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, where do you think people came up with, like... Okay, so obviously they come up, this is a long time ago, people are making up these monsters. What do you think inspires them to make it a sea monster or to make it like look the way it does? So I think for the Leviathan in particular, it's because the seas were seen as so treacherous mm -hmm. and chaotic and destructive that I think folklore and stuff like that, people tend to attribute natural phenomena to like a spirit or like a monster, ghost, things like that. True. So I think it was something similar. Like they saw the sea as really dangerous and deadly and destructive. And so they attributed it to a sea monster, you know, that would destroy these boats or like crazy waves. And yeah, it's probably based on like sightings. So like if someone saw a squid mm -hmm. or a whale... You put that together and you might have like a seven-headed sea monster, you know? Right, exactly. They didn't have National Geographic. They didn't have zoo books. <laughs> May God have mercy on their souls. How would they know what even sea monsters would look like if they, if only some of them have seen like a whale's tail? Right. And even then, like it's distorted in the water. Yes. Like yeah. a lot of the time it's at night. So like it's limited lighting. I think it's a lot harder to see things clearly in the water than it is like on land and i and i mean also just like fish in general in the ocean are fucking ugly yeah true they're terrifying looking and also beached whales have always been a thing so like they've seen whales get beached they're probably like what the fuck is that mm -hmm. i bet everything out there is that big right so the leviathan can be used as an image of the devil by attempting to eat god's creations and threatening upheaval in the waters of chaos and it's said that the leviathan only feared one thing do you want to guess what it is? Friendship. Mm -mm. God? Wrong. A worm <laughs> called Kilbit <laughs> that could kill large fish by clinging to their gills. Fuck yeah. Is Kilbit a single person or is this a species of worm? I think it's just a kind of worm. A kind of worm or a worm yeah. named Kilbit? Like it's like a type of worm. Let's look this up. I'm going to do a lot of research here, a lot of Googling. It looks like Kilbit's an actual monster. Oh, it's like it's its own worm that just goes around killing fish. Yeah, I mean... Like, I'm going to fucking suffocate you. <laughs> from what I'm seeing, Kilbit might just be its own badass worm. Fuck yeah. Godspeed to you, Kilbit. If anyone knows the difference, please email us and tell us we're wrong. Yeah, if you don't, then we're going to keep believing we're right, which is just as bad. And we're going to do a whole full episode on Kilbit if you don't correct us. <laughs> the destroyer of Leviathan, the worm. Yes. So in Babylonian mythology, the story of Leviathan correlates to Tiamat's fight with Marduk. Oh, say no more. Right. <laughs> My two favorite boxers. <laughs> Tiamat is one of the first creations and is a fiery dragon 
and watery chaos of the universe. Tiamat sabotaged the work of young gods and destroyed their new worlds. And finally, a young god named Marduk got so annoyed and was like, fuck you, can you just like let us create in peace like a moody artist? Killed the dragon, Tiamat, and used her corpse to create the heavens and earth. Pretty resourceful. In Greek mythology, Typhon is a... Just sounds like a fucking baby name now. Like, they don't want to do Tyson. Ew, it totally does. <laughs> then, it totally does. Typhon. Typhon, Maverick, Colt. Right. Gunner. <laughs> Typhon is a terrible serpent created by Gaia, who is Mother Earth, when she unites with Tartarus, which is the underworld, essentially, where... It's the god of tartar sauce. Thank you. I'll be here all week. The god of tartar sauce. These are fish. We're talking about sea creatures, so of course, Tartarus would be looking over them. Also, it's pronounced Gaia, not Gaia. Gaia, thank you. I've only ever heard it as Gaia. I've only heard it as Gaia, too, but I'm currently playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of Greek shit going on in there, because... Do they say Gaia? I think they say Gaia. Because I remember hearing it and I was like, that doesn't sound the way I thought it was. Could be both. I don't know. Whichever. I love disrespecting cultures, so (laughs) I'm going to say it wrong on purpose. We are Americans. So Tartarus, if whoever is not aware, it's an abyss that is a dungeon of torment and suffering for the wicked and a prison for Greek titans. So if you watched Hercules, you would know that Hades is trying to release all the titans from Tartarus. So... Gaia reunites with Tartarus to kill Zeus and makes this terrible serpent named Typhon. And it has similar powers to Leviathan, like spitting fire. And Zeus eventually kills the creature by throwing a giant mountain on top of the beast and trapping him underneath the earth. Just kind of cool of him. Kills him via mountain. (laughs) (laughs) You got that one, Zeus? That's badass, Zeus. Using landforms. (laughs) In Norse mythology... Thor encounters, oh God, (laughs) Jormungandr. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to see if I can find that for the English speech. Jormungandr. Play it back. That's what I said the first time. Jormungandr. Jormungandr. I cannot do the ruling artist. All right. I'm going to signal you, and then every time I need that name said, you're going to say it. All right. Okay, so Thor encounters... Jormungandr. Yeah, which is also called the Midgard Serpent. He meets him when challenged by Loki to three feats. In the second feat, Thor is challenged to lift a cat. Damn. But he can't lift more than its paw, so it was a trick by Loki. And Thor gets really frustrated, and he finds that the kitten is actually a serpent that was large enough to circle the entire world of Midgard, which is like the middle world where the humans lived. Thor and... Jormungandr. Thank you. Meet several different times after that, but the last time will be during the end times, Ragnarok. I like how Thor didn't know the cat was a giant serpent that could encircle the world. Right, that's very surprising. He's a horrible detective. I wonder if like, okay, here's my theory. They were in a house, right? And underneath the house, like in the basement, was this giant serpent. And it like circled around, went whatever. And then Loki cut a little hole in the floor so the serpent could hide. And the cat was just sitting on top, so that's all you saw. Ooh, I like that. That's good imagery. Yeah. Thor thought it was just a little kitten. (laughs) Joke's on you, Thor. You're not as strong as you thought. Yeah, you can't lift a whole giant world-sized snake, you idiot. 
<laughs> All right, I'm going to give you one guess as to who else in the occult world got their dirty little dick all over the Leviathan. Alistair Crowley? Close. Anton LaVey. Oh. I know, it's like a 50-50 it's a between the two of them. Damn. You said dirty little dick, so I immediately thought of Alistair Crowley because he yeah. would literally get his dirty little dick all over everything. So Anton LaVey, who you might remember wrote the Satanic Bible, mm-hmm. mentions the Leviathan in the Satanic Bible, and it said that it represents the element of water in the direction of west and is one of the four crown princes of hell. The book even includes a chapter called The Book of Leviathan, The Raging Sea, and is said to be the prince of the angel Seraphim, who tempts people to give into heresy and is opposed to St. Peter. In the Satanic Bible, it's also associated with Baphomet and is shown in the Satanic Bible that each of the points of the sigil of Baphomet was a representation of Leviathan. So if you see that like five pointed star and it has like the head of that like goat guy. Baphomet is the goat headed deity. Yeah. So there'll be little sigils and stuff markings basically that spell out Leviathan used in that sigil. Funnily enough, the Viathan is also sometimes referred to as Hellmouth. <laughs> That's okay. Obviously band name. Right. Hellmouth is fucking cool. So over time it became known as Hellmouth. And Hellmouth is a fearsome beast that was supposed to rise up during the end times. And the damned would disappear into the Hellmouth during final judgment. So badass. A lot of fucking parallels here, but it's cool. A lot of a lot of ancient world, and we're really behind this idea of a terrible snake that you would get to eat when the world ended. Oh yeah, fun. or it eats you, right? Because Jormander, he ate the world, right? I think so. And so, and then, or he ate Midgard. He tried to, but Thor eventually killed him. But then Thor died himself, also. Okay, and then. Hellmouth, we all go into Hellmouth? Yes. A lot of big ass snake monsters eating the world and us. And then us eating it too. It's a it's a full circle. Yeah, circle of life. Wow. So there is a sect of Jewish and Christian religious ideas from the late first century called Gnosticism. Have you heard of this before? Yep. I think we talked about a little bit about this in our Satan episode. Maybe that's what it is. Because it's pretty cool. There was a church father who accused the Gnostic sect of revering the serpent from the Garden of Eden as a symbol of wisdom. And so gave the people who adopted this ideology the name of Ophites, which is kind of cool. They emphasized personal spiritual knowledge over orthodox teachings. Gnostic is like an umbrella term. It's like an offshoot of... In this case, Christianity. Mm-hmm. If you didn't adhere to like the Orthodox Church methodology, you were a Gnostic. I believe mm-hmm. that's how it works. But I, it's interesting though, because I would totally see that serpent as an an idol for knowledge, because like the serpent encouraged Eve to eat the apple, because mm-hmm. the apple like gave wisdom, right? I think so. It unleashed something. I'm a little rusty on my Adam and Eve <laughs> knowledge, but I believe that's right. Eve ate the forbidden fruit. The fruit which grew on the tree of knowledge of good and evil was the catalyst for the fall of man when original sin entered creation and led to the reality we face every day. Yeah. In reality, we would see that serpent as like a god or like a good thing. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in the story, it's an evil thing. 
Right. Because it made the woman know things. No. <laughs> no. Honestly, like, I don't really disagree with these guys. Like, I think it's kind of cool that they were very vocal about that, especially in, like, fucking 100 AD or whatever it is. Yeah. So early. Right. And it's crazy because I'll, I'll get into it a little bit, but... The Leviathan is shown as an Ouroboros, which is that symbol of a snake eating its own head. Mm -hmm. So this giant crazy serpent monster is creating a circle, yeah. but it's eating its own tail. And that symbol separates the divine realm from humanity by enveloping or permeating the material world. So it kind of keeps man and higher powers separate, basically. Okay. Leviathan encapsulates the world and generates intrinsic evil in the entire universe. So it separates the lower world of like mankind, basically ruled by archons from the realm of God. So archons are builders of the physical universe. They're rulers that relate to one of the seven planets, and they prevent the souls of humans from leaving the material realm and entering the the realm of god hmm. after death a soul travels through the seven spheres of the heavens if it doesn't it is swallowed by the leviathan and returns the soul to an animal body the part that's kind of crazy and the original mini so that i was going to do was on the holographic universe theory surprise i'm still adding it to this one somehow <laughs> <laughs> and i bet you're still like how in the world are you going to do that mo it's by the ophite diagrams so these are esoteric diagrams made by the ophites sect of gnosticism originated from the greek philosopher celsus the diagrams are described as 10 separate circles kind of like a chakra okay. right how they have like those different circles kind of stacked on top of each other and they each represent different things and they're all surrounded by one great circle, the world soul. And this is the connection of all living beings and the Leviathan. And at the bottom, there's this black line, and that's Tartarus, the underworld, yeah. the suffering. And in this circle, there are words said that if you surpass the Leviathan, whatever, you enter the realm of God. There are special words like a key, basically. Okay. And there are select sayings from prophets like a phrase that a prophet said. Basically, yeah. What do you think it is? I don't fucking know. It's in Hebrew. If the ships are rocking, don't come and knock <laughs> So, the holographic universe theory. I'm going to describe this, and then I'm going to tie it together. Yes, please. I have no idea what this is. The idea stems around the idea that we exist in dimensions, right? So 2D would be length and width. Like when we look at a piece of paper a drawing on a piece of paper. We can see how tall it is and we can see how wide it is. Those are the two dimensions. Yeah. When we look at something in real life, like if we pull out our hand and we look at our hand, we can see how tall it is, we can see how wide it is, but we can also see how deep it is. So we have that extra dimension of perspective. We exist in four dimensions, right? Those three that exist within space, and we also have the dimension of time. So that adds another layer of complexity, right, that adds specific measurements to where we exist and how we exist in the world. How would you say that time compares to the other ones? So you have like what, length, width, depth, and then time? Yeah. So I kind of, the way that I think about time, if you did like a, a time lapse of one specific area, you just set your camera down and you forgot it for 50 years and it was like... I hate when that happens. 
<laughs> like just a plane, right? Okay, well, you set it down, it's a field of flowers. In 15 years, someone built a house there. In another 15 years, the house burned down. And okay, then, okay, okay. you know, in another 20 years, it's a field again. It's adding different like... Characteristics? Yeah, like a different characteristic, like an age. So space, you can look at your hand and if you add length, that adds like a different detail. The width adds a different detail. The depth adds a different detail. The time also adds a different detail that contributes to your perspective and understanding of what you're looking at, right? That field is different based on when you're looking at it. Your hand is different based on like where you're looking at it. So if I'm looking at it just at the side, it's going to look different than if I'm looking at it face on. Right. Okay. Interesting. So that's like the general idea. So when we're talking about the holographic universe theory, the idea behind it is that when we're trying to like build a house, we have like a 2D blueprint, right? Like we're drawing, an architect is drawing on a piece of paper what this house is going to look like. And then when it's actually built, we're translating it into a 3D dimension, right? We're adding that depth to it that didn't exist before. And our universe works the same way. So we exist in four dimensions. There is another dimension, one lower than ours, that explains what we're experiencing. And it's just projected and manifested in our like everyday. So it could be like transcribed in mathematics or like whatever language is used. Stephen Hawking, when he was talking about this theory, mm -hmm. said that it was written in, I think it was called Cubits, which is, I looked it up and like, it's not very clear. The best way I can describe it is just like universe stuff, like okay. quantum things, different okay. information, like atoms or particles. It's just like the different things that make up the universe and it can okay. be it's just different informational bits like at like at like an atom ad exactly. atoms atoms because everything is made up of atoms right it universe. could be like atoms it could be just particles it could be like anything okay like okay. that because he was originally trying to figure out how the universe started right the big bang what came before the big bang and so the idea is that the big bang happened and it created this sphere this circle and in the center was our universe the way that we see it and the circle around it is the blueprint that is projecting into the center of what we see, the galaxies and the planets and the world that we feel and see. And because the universe is ever expanding, the circle is ever expanding as well. It expands in an outward direction. And that's what we perceive as the flow of time. Okay. Just really fucking cool, I think. So if you think about it, the Leviathan in these Ophite diagrams is a circle and in it are the planets or like the different circles that we see that we experience as human beings. Okay. And the Leviathan is, you know, what they said, the intrinsic evil, but it's projecting properties into the center of the universe, which is what we experience. And okay. that's what we understand of the world. Like it's making up the circle of the world that we experience and see much like the holographic universe interesting crazy way to wrap that into that yeah the leviathan itself is a little a little cubit yeah a little cubit. universe universe stuff weird dude it's fucking that's cool. a bit of a mind bender i like it yeah like two thousand years ago these dudes were like questioning everything and like actually there's just there's just a circle 
our universe is just a circle. Yeah. And then 2000 years later, Stephen Hawking is like, actually, guys, our universe is just a fucking circle. Yeah. And we're just a projection of what is written in that circle Ugh. of universe stuff. This story is a circle. It's all circular. It all comes back. We've been talking about yeah. the same thing. And if you want to tie it back to a previous episode, also the Akashic Records, mm -hmm. that is this archive of everything that has ever happened, everything that will happen, thoughts and everything that exists. And that if you like meditate or if you do these different rituals, practices, you can transcend and access this information and interpret it and understand it. All of these things are like kind of connected because the Akashic records could just be this like universal information that we're all encapsulated by. If you were able to just pick through time, like if the flow of time didn't affect you and you can just sort of like search through it like a library, that would be the Akashic records. Yeah, exactly. If you weren't affected by the dilation of time, you could just view time as a library. Mm -hmm. It's wild. It's crazy stuff. Damn, all this from sea monsters, huh? Yeah, all this from sea monsters. It's kind of crazy how it <laughs> worked out that way. Because I was originally looking up the holographic universe theory, and there just wasn't enough to like make it into a mini-sode. Like, I explained yeah. it all in like you know five minutes, maybe. So then I was looking at what else to research, and I was like, oh, Leviathan, that's really cool. And the more I looked into it, the more it was like tied to these diagrams and this like circle concept, and like the world is encapsulated by it and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? That's really fucking crazy because that's like. You must have felt so cracked out when you made that connection. I did. I, I was like, that's I, awesome. Flo like had just come home when all that was going on, and I was like, you won't believe, you won't <laughs> believe what I found out. <laughs> 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 that's awesome that's cool that you, that you that just happened to be what you were looking at before i think it's just like interesting that these same ideas tend to permeate our like subconscious yeah like they, 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 they stick with us throughout they tend to stick around yeah yeah and it's really cool that stephen hawking like really believed in this idea well it's, it's all context too because like the human brain over the centuries hasn't changed mm -hmm. we're, st we're still working with the same brains but we have more information so like we were still like, you know, philosophers of back in the days of yore. We're talking about this kind of stuff, like the Leviathan, a fucking snake eating the tail, devouring the earth, this idea of a circle. Mm -hmm. And then that thought stuck around until we had physics, which is kind of like the philosophy of science almost. Mm -hmm. Quantum physics. We had that to better explain it, you know, like the same concept in the same brain, but a shadow of what it really was. Yeah. With time, we have the tools. Mm-hmm. So that's just a fun little kickstart into an existential crisis for you. Yeah. If you understand it, if you don't understand it, just let it bother you. Let it be uncomfortable for a little while. Yeah. Well, with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this mini-sode. Yes. Let us know what your thoughts are on the Leviathan. You can email us. Let us know your thoughts on this episode. If you have like topics or ideas you would like us to do in a future episode, or you just want to like say hi, email us at according to an idiot at gmail.com. You can also stay up to date on all of our episodes, interact with us, chat, hang out on our Instagram and Facebook at according to an idiot or our Twitter at idiots accord. We also have a Patreon. So if you want early access to episodes, ad free listening, exclusive episodes, episodes now a lot of extra fun stuff we're doing an exclusive creepypasta series now 
you can vote on topics, you can suggest topics, all of that extra goodness is available there at accessible pricing. So check it out if you're interested and you're just wanting more content from us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to review us on iTunes and Spotify. That helps us get seen and have other people find us, which ultimately helps you and helps us. And just tell your friends. Tell your mom. Yeah. I bet your mom would love us. I bet your mom would really like us. Your dad? No, your dad's not. He's not into that kind of stuff. But your mom, I think your mom's more open-minded. She'd like this a lot. Mm -hmm. I bet your best friend would love this too. Yeah, that one best friend, not the other one. You know what we're talking about. All right, guys. Well, thank you for sticking around and listening to us. I will see you in time. I love you. Bye. You're Mangarthor. You're Mandor. You're Mangarthor.